Well, hello everyone and welcome to Nerd Unscripted. This is your host, Tony Ladig, and welcome to the show. Today we're going to talk about, what are we talking about? <laughs> Pattern interrupts. Wow, it should be awesome. Um, we're going to be talking about pattern interrupts. And uh, for those of you who are unfamiliar with what a pattern interrupt is, it's simply uh, one way to break up the routine. Um, we all have routine um, in one form or another, whether it's you know going for coffee every morning at about the same time or eating the same foods or taking the same path to work every day or whatever the case may be. And what I found in my own personal experience is that it's easy to fall into those routines. And routines aren't bad necessarily, but um, they can actually in the long term uh, hinder our creativity, hinder our desire to try something new. And so I found uh, years ago that it's actually really healthy to kind of switch things up. Um, not that you have to do it every day or whatever, but um, it's really, I found it to be really helpful. Uh, back in the late 80s, I managed a printing company, which I've shared that before. Um, and from where I lived to where the company was, was about a 25 mile drive one way. Um, I kind of enjoyed the drive because it gave me time to think and process. But uh, one of the things that I like all of a sudden became aware of one day was that I've been driving the same path, the same way, at the same time every day for a couple of years, couple of years without ever changing it. And uh, it was... Uh, in that moment that I decided to try something new. Um, and it wasn't like this profound revelation or anything like that. It was just a different path to, um, to get to the end result, you know, which was, <laughs> you know, to get the work on time. Um, because even though I was a salary employee, I still kind of like to, uh, show up on time. And, it opened up my eyes to something. And that was that, like, I could have just made it up in my head at the time, I guess, but it seemed like because I was seeing new scenery on the way to work all of a sudden and, what, and whatever, I felt more energized when I was at work just because it, it broke up the norm of things. And that kind of started me on this curiosity study of whether pattern interrupts were really a thing or not. And then whenever I got started in my uh, online business, I started practicing those on a very regular basis. And even though like today, um, in this day and age, I mean, um, I still can very much be a creature of habit, getting into routines and all of that, which as I mentioned earlier, isn't necessarily bad. Um, I've noticed that whenever we interrupt the norm for us, it can actually boost our creativity um, boost our imagination and insight because I think what can happen, the danger of it all is that, um, we get so locked into a routine or a way of doing things that we slowly close down to new possibilities, to new ideas, to, uh, different ways of doing things because we're comfortable, you know, and we see it with our employees all the time. 
where, um, especially uh, some of our employees, they're very, very routine driven. And you mess with that routine, you know, um, God forbid you ask them to work outside of nine to five or, you know, um, we just um, offered to buy a brand new computer, a brand new Mac for one of our managers. And initially he refused. And we're like, are you stupid? You know, I mean, that's what we were kind of thinking. And um, the one that he has is like Kristen's first Mac, and it's brutal as far as speed. It's just so freaking slow. It takes, you know, minutes and minutes to do something that a new computer does in seconds. And ultimately, we found out that the reason why is because he's used to the current computer he has. Even though, you know, um, with a Mac, you can uh, exactly mirror a previous computer onto a new one, so you just get the benefits of the faster processor and the higher memory and everything. But he was very resistant at first because he is locked into this um, routine. And so change uh, rocked his world a little bit. Well, needless to say that we bought the computer. Um, it's like, we're the boss, you're the employee. We're giving you a new computer, damn it. Um, it's like, come on, a brand new Mac. A lot of people would love to get that. So, um, but it just kind of highlighted how all of us can really get at one point or another. I'm just grateful that I was smart enough to figure it out uh, uh, so many years ago, even though I still fall into it on a very regular basis. Um, and so it's something that I think it's really important to, for us to consider and the, to take a kind of like a mile high view of our lives and go, you know, especially if you're struggling in a certain area, um, you know, to take kind of the mile high view, pull back and go, so what am I doing over and over and over again as part of a routine? And one of the reasons why I think it's such a valid question is because, you know, the uh, definition of insanity that we've all heard um, attributed to Einstein says that Insanity is when we keep doing the same thing over and over again and expect a different result. And to me, that's really a showcase of what we're talking about here today. Now, I'm not necessarily saying that Einstein told us that we need pattern interrupts. But um, if you look at most great minds, you know, inventors and, um, you know, in every possible arena, you know, the great minds in every category they usually didn't uh, follow status quo. You know, they usually broke things up, sometimes by design, sometimes they were forced to, um, or whatever. Um, but it's important for us to take a look at, because especially if you're wanting to see change in your life in any form or another, and it's just not happening, what are you doing that's the same? And how can you break it up? And, uh, like one of the things that I started doing years ago, um, not so much now, but certainly, certainly years ago was, um, I would go out and rent a car for the day, like a sports car or something back then I didn't have a sports car. So it was, uh, a treat for me, you know, so I'd rent like, uh, Nissans and of course later Mustangs and all of that and just drive it around for the day. And the giddiness that came from doing that 
was a lot of fun just because it wasn't my normal routine. You know, it was something completely different, but just a simple act like that wasn't really expensive to do, um, to be honest. But a simple act like that just made a huge shift in um, my creativity and focus and clarity, you know, all of that to the point where I was looking for something new or different to do or try every week, whether it was a, you know, a new restaurant with uh, food that I never ate before or, or whatever, which I still do today. I mean, when I go to a, a restaurant, it's tempting to order the same thing because you really like it. Um, but what happens if you try something new? You may hate it. You may love it. Um, it may be indifferent. So I have this practice where I, especially if I go to a new uh, local restaurant um, that we can access easily, I just kind of work my way through the menu and decide what I like versus don't like. And it, it can be really interesting at times because it's like, like we have this place called Falafel, um, Falafel Shack. So Mediterranean dishes and everything. And the food is wonderful. They're packed all the time because they don't have a huge amount of seating. Um, and I've been slowly trying new things there, but like their chicken shawarma and all of that is just so incredibly awesome. I only want to order that. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yet uh, there's other foods on there that Kristen tells me about. She's like, I had this the other day and it was so good. And I'm like, I have to try that. And then I get in there and I smell the you know, the food and it's like, you know, it's so good before. I mean, their food is so good. It's worth buying to take home to put in the refrigerator just so you smell it every time you open up the refrigerator. It's like, wow, just awesome. But anything like that, um, what I found is that if you're in a scenario where you're not getting answers that you want or you feel stuck or um, you're not moving forward in whatever area. It could be relationships. It could be finances. It could be business. It could be, you know, fill in the blank, uh, personal development. And if you're feeling like you're just not moving forward and gaining progress like you would, then that really is the time to pull back and say, what can I do differently here? How could I adjust or change just to see what happens? And um, it's for me, again, it developed into this habit where now I started to really, well, I started to really figure out, um, like from a work perspective, we'll just talk about that. From a work perspective, I started noticing that certain times of the day I was really sharp and other times of the day, you know, I couldn't focus on anything. Um, and usually for me, right around two o'clock, like 1.30 to 3 o'clock, right around that range, um, is really challenging for me to focus, which is kind of funny since I do teach at that time uh, every so often. Um, so I have to make a concerted effort to focus. But I've noticed that for me, m the best times of day for me are early morning um, up to about, we'll say 10 o'clock, 10.30. And then late afternoon and early evening, say from about four o'clock up until around eight are my best times of the day. And of course, early on when I have my own business, you know, I still function under this thing of, well, it's daytime, so I should be working. 
you know, because normally work hours are like nine to five or eight to five or whatever, you know, it is in the real world. And um, so I would feel guilty about not working uh, during the day. So I just kind of push through. And then um, whenever I started practicing these pattern interrupts, all of a sudden it occurred to me, you know, wonder what would happen if I only worked during the day, uh, the times of day, whenever I'm the sharpest, with the rare exception of, you know, certain things that are scheduled in the middle of the day or whatever. And so what I started doing was getting really focused, you know, work very hyper-focused for maybe three or four hours, and then completely leave the house. You know, go to Target, Walmart, wherever, go get something to eat. You know, whatever the case may be, go to our stores now. I mean, you know, I can go into town. And completely break that cycle. Uh, pattern interrupted. And then, you know, once I'm out for a while, like, even whenever I'm out at, say, Target shopping or, you know, window shopping, so to speak, my mind is still constantly going. I'm still kind of thinking of things. You know, it's I actually get a lot of ideas whenever I'm mindlessly walking around Target. Um, but then after I'm out for a while, maybe an hour or so, come back to the house um, and then get back to it again. And I might work for another couple hours, very hyper-focused. And then uh, whenever I emerge from that focus, it's almost like, I don't even know how to explain it. It's kind of like waking up, you know, where you're sleeping and then all of a sudden you're awake and you're aware of your environment. Focus work is often like that for me, where everything just kind of melds away and you don't even know what's going on around you other than what you're working on um and then do that for a time and then i will um break again so usually once in the morning once in the afternoon um i just completely disengage from everything that i'm doing because i've learned that um having a controlled pattern interrupt like that ultimately makes me sharper makes me more creative um you know um, and ultimately more productive because you would think, you know, well, if you just stay at your computer uh, from eight until five, then you wouldn't have to work in the evenings or, you know, adjust your schedule. So it's like 10 to seven or whatever the case may be, you would get a lot more done. And that may be true for some people, not for me. Um, I need those breaks. And so I start looking at how can I apply that in, in a lot of different areas. Like if I'm reading a certain book, and I'm getting into the book and I'm really enjoying it. I'm getting a lot out of it. And all of a sudden I notice that, you know, I'm just kind of, I'm distracted, you know, and starting to skim the book, I'll put it down and read something else uh, that's not even related. And, uh, and it works really well. Like uh, I remember when I first started getting into this, when I still lived in New Jersey and managed a printing company, uh, a different uh, kind of pattern interrupt that I would do there is I would start learning new things. They had nothing to do with anything, honestly. Like um, one of the things that I would do, because even though I was managing the printing company, it was still very routine driven. You know, we were doing the same things all the time. And I mean, I had hobbies and interests, but um, I needed something to like keep my brain alive, you know, uh, to keep it from falling asleep, so to speak, 
you know, getting into this stupor. Um, and so I took up um, probability and statistics. And one of my employees was actually going to college for it. And he was having trouble with it. And I'm kind of pretty well acclimated to math type things. And so I tutored him <laughs> through his uh, schooling. I had never taken it, you know, so I'd borrow his textbook and just kind of read through it, understand it, and then teach him how to do it. Probably not unlike what I do today, <laughs> you know, in, in uh, online training. Um, but I would study like hardcore math and science stuff like fractal geometry and all kinds of things like that just to break up the routine of my thinking. And, um, you know, the last time we were together, we were talking about um, different books and the impact that they've had on me from a personal growth perspective. But I found that even in personal growth, uh, every area, actually, I found that we can get stuck into a routine, the same old thing. Not that life has to always be exciting with balloons and, you know, unicorns shooting sparkly stuff all over the place. Uh, <laughs> pixie dust and stuff. It doesn't have to be that. But I do think that we have to guard ourselves at um, boredom. Like I talked to friends of mine, uh, you know, I'll run into them every so often locally. And I'm just surprised. I, I guess I shouldn't be, but I'm surprised that they're in the exact same spot now that they were the last time I talked to them, which might have been five or six years ago. And, you know, I kind of get frustrated with myself if I'm in the same spot, you know, this week versus last week. And um, <laughs> that's why I think Kristen and I both push ourselves so hard sometimes is that, you know, it would be really nice. Like we even had a conversation uh, this morning over breakfast. We were talking about, um, you know, I wonder what life would be like if we just decided that a hundred grand a year was, was a nice compromise and, you know, no stores, no online business, but we made a hundred grand a year, um, you know, or do something that would earn that and just be, you know, content with that. And, you know, fall into our little routines. And then we both looked at each other. My mom was here as well. And we looked at each other and was like, yeah, that's never going to happen ever. Um, like it would drive me crazy. Absolutely bonkers uh, to live a routine life like that. But yet there's so many folks that uh, like that. And I think it's because um, it feels safe, you know, perhaps. And, and that is a base desire that we all have. We want to feel safe. Uh, we want to feel protected. Um, you know, and we like predictability. Um, so making our 10 or $20 an hour for working our 40 hour work week and getting our insurance and everything is very safe and very protecting. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that if that's your thing. Um, for me, I, I mean, I've been there and I've done that, although I've always had very progressive jobs. Um, and so I think the last time where I worked a very routine nine to five kind of hourly wage thing is in my early twenties. 
And since then, you know, um, whenever I worked for the man, quote unquote, I was usually salary. So it didn't really matter um, if I worked nine to five. Usually I ended up working 60 hours or more. Um, but I was also paid fairly decent. I mean, the last real job that I had was um, being the head of graphic design at that publisher. Um, so we're talking pre-2000. And I was paid really well. Actually, for for that period of time, I was making around thirty two dollars an hour, which is paid pretty well. Um, but uh, especially for two thousand, you know, eighteen years ago. Uh, and so then, you know, I took all of that comfort, and I had a good thing going, quite frankly. And I just kind of threw it all out the window and started my own business. Um, some may argue sabotage, self sabotage. Um, I saw it more as a huge pattern interrupt and I thought I was ready. Um, wasn't, but I thought I was, I mean, two weeks into my business, I got the ultimate pattern interrupt, if you will, using that phrase. Um, cause you know, here I am, I quit my job, decent paying job with insurance and all that kind of stuff and started my own business, my own clients two weeks in went out to check the mail, walked across the living room because my computer was in the living room at that point. Um, went in to check the email after I came in from outdoors and I'd built up static electricity from walking across the carpet and fried my entire computer. As soon as I touched it, it's like that electric spark, just it killed the hard drive, the hard drive controller, the, um, the modem that was in it, um, the video card controller. I mean, it just, boom. Um, so that's how I got started in my own business. <laughs> it's like, uh, you have work to do, so I'm going to remove your computer so you don't have to do it. Um, so I had to build like, gosh, I was still doing cover design, of course. So I had to, I think, recreate six or eight different covers completely from scratch after I got my computer rebuilt. Um, so that wasn't my good, uh, my idea of a good time for, um, getting a routine interrupted, but since then, um, as I said, I've learned to control it. And that has really been a payoff. And I do catch myself at times. Uh, I was just thinking about this last night. Because um, normally, like I used to never watch television. Neither of us did. Hardy at all. And then, you know, we got sucked into watching certain shows like The Voice and Outlander and a couple of The Last Kingdom and some of the other ones that we're watching. And, um, and then of course, documentaries, you know, ancient aliens is a must and <laughs> the curse of, uh, Oak Island, which we really enjoy. Um, and, and I found myself once again, falling into this routine of, you know, work till eight o'clock, done at eight o'clock, grab something to drink, maybe a snack, go downstairs and watch television and watch till we fall asleep or 11 o'clock, whichever comes first. And, uh, I was thinking about that just last night as we were downstairs uh, watching The Voice. And I'm like, I think I might need to interrupt this all again. You know, I mean, it they kind of help us nowadays because you can binge shows. So we could like unplug for a week or so and then go back and just binge or whatever. But I do enjoy good entertainment. Um, but anyway... What I am curious to know, since uh, there's a bunch of you here, is are there 
specific things that you do um, to interrupt your regular way of doing things. You know, and I'm not talking about like, I think today I'm going to wear a red t-shirt instead of a black one. <laughs> like that, I don't know that that necessarily qualifies. Um, maybe, I mean, I could probably give you a run for your money on number of t-shirts, but, um, but just something that, um, that breaks you out of the mundane, you know, that breaks you out of status quo or the routine. And, and by the way, um, just a little aside, if you haven't figured this out yet, um, regularly scheduled pattern interrupts become routine. Okay. Um, and so there's a danger of that too. So anyway, let me go to the comments and questions here just to see, um, see what y'all had to say. <laughs> Caroline said, <laughs> this is funny. She says, who else could say something and then have it happen? <laughs> that happens more often in this household than you might think. It's kind of crazy. Uh, Kristen and I actually, I might've shared this before, but Kristen and I have, um, discovered that we really need to be careful what we wish for. Um, I mean, you've all heard that phrase, right? But as soon as we start giving attention to it, it starts happening. And so uh, it, it's over and over and over again. I mean, we've proven that to be true so many times that we, we've just learned to be really careful. And, um, you know, I'll give you an example. We're, uh, we just hired a new person, a new full-time gal. And, um, she's interesting. She lives downtown Chambersburg and, uh, I guess back in October, whenever we had our grand opening or November, whenever it was for Nerdvana, um, she walks a lot. And we have a walking path, a rails to trails thing, um, across the Creek from where our store is, where Nirvana is. And she lives down past where toy box is. So she does a lot of walking and usually never walks down main street. You know, she just sticks to the rails to trails thing and then, uh, cuts up and over to her house. And so she was walking along and, um, all of a sudden, um, this one day she felt prompted to take a different path, pattern interrupt, right? And never does it, but she decided, you know what, I'm just going to do this. You just kind of follow this nudge. And so she walked across the little bridge and into uh, Chambers Park, which is right behind our store. Didn't even see our store. Um, she was, uh, there's a mural in the building across the parking lot from us, and she's looking at the mural and everything. And then all of a sudden she felt like she used to turn around. She turned around and there's our store. Nerdvana Outpost. Turns out that it just happened to be grand opening day. And um, she didn't know if we were open or closed, but she decided to come in and check it out. So she went in, checked it out, um, started talking to our manager, Casey. And um, uh, Kristen and I were both there. But... Uh, we didn't notice this girl at first and Casey's like, Oh my gosh, you got to talk to this gal. So, 
Um, we have been having conversations, of course, about our dinosaurs and animatronics and all that, and, you know, dinosaur park kind of thing and science center and all that, you know, where we always talk about that. But anyways, um, uh, we needed a new, um, uh, a new assistant manager for that store because we had fired our previous manager and then the guy who's going to be our assistant manager or who is currently our assistant manager, we had found out that he's going to study theater for a year. Um, so he won't even be in the area. And, um, so we had been talking about this and everything else. So long story short, um, Kristen started talking to this gal and, um, just kind of off the top of her head said, uh, so do you want a job? <laughs> you know, and kind of joking, kind of not. And um, so fast forward to um, the end of November, beginning of December, where we are now. And uh, Kristen set up a meeting with this girl, started talking with her. Um, she had already been pre-screened by um, uh, my son-in-law, Charles, who is uh, functions as our HR person, among other things, and then Casey, the manager, and they both said, you must hire this person. Um, so Kristen sat down with her and talked to her. I was supposed to meet with her as well, but I was sick last week. Um, and so um, come to find out that this girl's dream, which you may remember me saying before is one of our focuses in our businesses is to make our employees dreams comes tr come true. Um, and we're very serious about that. So this girl's dream is to head up, um, an animatronics department for a theme park. And she has experience. She worked in, uh, uh for a company that specializes in building animatronics, um, animals and stuff like that. Um, and she loves dragons and dinosaurs. That is her primary focus. The place that she worked for um, was primarily doing horror-related animatronics. And she was fine with that, but wanted to get into other things. And they had clients that were asking about dinosaurs. And the company owners kept saying, no, no, no. So ultimately, um, she left. And so uh, she's telling us about you know, her experience with animatronics or Tom Kristen and, um, you know, uh, her area of specialty was skinning the, um, the skeletons, you know, so you build the skeletons with the animatronics and then you skin them with latex and so on and so forth. And that was her area of specialty, although she knows all of it. And first of all, I'm like, how is a person like this living in our small local town? Um, but second of all, Kristen started telling her some of our vision and the gal just lit up. So Kristen made her an offer, um, told her that, um, you know, we had future growth, obviously <laughs> into some things. And, uh, but it was kind of a, a low offer. I mean, not like we're going to give you 20 or $30 an hour. It wasn't like that. <clears throat> so long story short, we just found out yesterday, I think that she accepted our offer. Um, so she's not going to start working with us until after the first of the year, David leaves at the end of December. So, um, the timing will work out well, but again, it's just another one of those areas where through a very interesting 
serendipitous set of circumstances and some pattern interrupts, um, we end up with a new employee who has the exact skill sets that we need. And um, she's also a hyper nerd, you know, mega nerd, um, does a lot of gaming and those kinds of things. Um, super focused and smart. Um, so it, it's just been really cool for us. You can't have those kinds of things happen living life in a routine. It's just impossible because you'll miss them. You won't see them because they're outside your routine. You might say, oh, look at that, you know, as you're driving by, you know, walking by the window and you see this thing outside. Oh, it looks really cool, but you never actually go outside to take a closer look. Um, that's kind of what life in a routine is like. The pattern interrupt is to go outside and check it out. Um, and this, I'm speaking allegorically, of course. Um, but it's, it's very, very interesting because there's some things that we really want to give focused attention to. Um, and, but according to our playbook, we really can't afford the luxury of thinking about it because we're not planning on getting started with it for another year or year and a half or whatever. Um, and, and every time we start talking about it, it's just like, boom, 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 things start falling into place. And we're like, whoa, 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 hold on a minute here. Um, not quite ready for that yet. <laughs> so that's one of the probably biggest benefits that, um, that we've seen that can come from embracing a lifestyle of pattern interrupts. Um, because in reality, it just teaches you to pick up on things, you know, a lot quicker to take action faster. He's like, well, I've never done X, Y, Z before, and I don't know if I could or not. So maybe I'll just say pass on this opportunity. Not that there's anything wrong with passing on certain opportunities. You have to be discerning, of course, but locked into a routine and doing the same things. Like imagine if you drove the same way to work every day for years and the answer that you were looking for for filling a blank problem was on a different route. Oh, I didn't know that store was there. And you go in there and you find what you're looking for and strike up a conversation with a person who just happens to be your future best friend, which never would have happened if you stayed on your normal path. And I've just seen that too many times to count anymore. So now it's like, let's take an adventure, you know, kind of live my life more like Indiana Jones. You know, let's see what we can discover. I heard that there's something going on over here, but I have no idea where. So let's go explore. Um, and it can be a lot of fun. Mavis says change of driving patterns is one of the techniques for improving memory. Yeah, absolutely. And she also says, I love the rent a sports car idea. Yeah. Ultimately I just, um, bought one. <laughs> so no, I have that. I mean, usually I drive my Mercedes cause I, I like it a lot and it's very comfortable, but sometimes you just don't feel like driving an SUV, you know? Um, <laughs> so Having a souped-up Mustang kind of helps do that. Although I don't drive it nearly as much as I'd prefer, and I don't drive it at all in the winter. Um, but anyway. Uh, Kathleen says, a study a few years ago found that stopping to play a game for a few minutes every hour made people more productive over the day. I believe it. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, 
This is interesting. Um, Ann says, okay, I'm back again. I had a pattern interrupt when my computer shut down because the battery ran out. I had just checked it before I went on the webinar and I had 90% power. This morning, my watch did the same thing. It wouldn't show the face, so I thought that there wasn't any battery power, but when I plugged in, it had 58%, along with your webinar going out. Uh, what a strange day. Yeah, power is a very interesting thing. Um, I was talking about, I think I shared this, but I was talking about something the other day uh, at breakfast when my mom was here, and we were talking about how... Um, negative influences or like how we have the ability to influence electric electrical stuff. Remember when we talked about that a few weeks back and it was such a funny thing because, you know, here I am having a conversation with Kristen and my mom about how we can affect things electrically. And all of a sudden the light above our table where we're having breakfast starts flickering like in that exact moment. And it's like, see what I mean? I just pointed up to it, looked over at my mom, and I said, see what I mean? This kind of stuff happens all the time. Um, um, Jess says, no, I haven't. I haven't, but I'm thinking about it now because I don't seem to be making much business progress the way I am. Yeah, that is a real, um, that's a real indicator. Um I found as well is that um, if you're not moving forward, you're moving backward, uh, first of all. And um, if you're staying static, you're moving backwards um, because there's only forward motion. Forward motions mean means you're moving forward. And so one of the indicators that I pay attention to is whenever um, like my income or business ideas or whatever the case may be, starts falling off, that's like a uh, flashing light air horn warning that something has to change, you know, that I'm falling into a routine, you know, and it's not like, oh, I have to come up with something new again to break out of the routine because obviously nothing is happening. Um, but in reality, um, I'm getting picture ideas, so you can hold on just a second. So I want you to think about this, okay? So um, I don't know if you have a tree in your yard. Uh, we don't currently. Um, but, you know, our neighbor's doing all of that. So there's these trees that we see on a very regular basis. And, you know, we look at the trees right now in winter, depending on where you live, and no leaves, nothing. They look dead, you know, and for the next few months, they're going to look dead. Looks like nothing is happening. But let me ask you a question. Is there something happening? Of course, you know, unless the trees really are dead. Um, and so there's constant motion, constant movement, um, which when handled correctly uh, can serve as a pattern interrupt. You know, I constantly talk about flow. And a pattern interrupt could be a rock in the stream, um, but there's still flow there. You know, it just kind of wakes you up, so to speak. And um, I think that's our big challenge is to not get comfortable with where we are. I found personally that personal growth directly corresponds to success. 
at every level. And the times where I'm not pushing myself, where it's where I'm in this place of, you know what? I'm tired of constantly pushing. I'm tired of constantly, you know, looking for that next thing that can be approved or, you know, having my head, my ear to the rails to see if the next train is coming and, you know, just push, 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 go, go, go. Like I, I'm just tired. I want to relax. There's nothing wrong with taking a break. The break can be an interrupt. But what I found for me, can't speak for anyone else, but what I found is that whenever we break and we stop and say, you know what, I'm just going to pause for a while. It's exponentially harder to pull ourselves out of stop, to pull ourselves out of pause, because that becomes our new routine. It's like, you know what, this is kind of nice, just kind of hanging out in a chair watching television all day or whatever. Um, and I don't want to get to that place. I mean, like, even last week, I couldn't talk to save my life. Um, even the webinar I did on Thursday with Jay, I basically protected my throat as much as I could so that I could sound half decent. And even then I was kind of squeaky and I had to talk soft and, and everything. But, um, even though like I felt the way I did, I still had to keep pushing because, um, I know me, like I know what it's like to fall into a routine and, uh, go with the flow status quo. You know, I did that. I fell into that about a year and a half ago. And it's not that I didn't still make sales and still create things and all that, but I just didn't feel right. I didn't feel like me, the me that I like. And, uh, I was in a funk and I got used to that funk. And I ended up being there for over a year. And I'm grateful that I was able to pull myself out of it. Um, I basically had to just shock myself out of it and face some facts about what was at the core of this funk and why and all of that, and then make the necessary changes. Um, but I did that. And since then, um, it's been really different in business and um, in energy that I have for doing the things that we're working on, um, constant new ideas and everything. So, you know, I want to encourage you, uh, anytime you notice that things appear to stop, that is the exact moment to start asking questions like what the hell's going on here? Why, you know, what can I do different? What am I doing the same that may not be working? What can I do different? Not that you should necessarily do different for different sake. Okay. But, um, you need to start asking questions to get to the bottom of it because it means that you're slowing down. You're coming to a stop. Um, and there aren't any successful entrepreneurs that I know who aren't driven. Go, go, go. Like they take their breaks. Like my idea of a vacation is unplugging for a half a day on a Sunday. You know, not that we don't ever go anywhere anymore, but we structured our life in a way that what some people perceive as work, we find relaxing. And so it's like opposite. And so completely unplugging is actually more stressful than work. Not that we don't unplug or that we shouldn't 
get outside more, you know, go up into the mountains or whatever. For me, being in the mountains is very energizing because I like being on the earth, um, in the dirt. For Kristen, it's more being in the water. You know, she grew up around the ocean and such. Um, but still that, you know, those elements help energize us and they serve as great interrupts for us. So, you know, just to, I wouldn't recommend it in the winter, but like spring, summer, fall, getting out there in your bare feet into the dirt, like that can be really energizing and a really great way to break free from stuff. Um, so, uh, making it a part of your regular routine, um, to use methods that, uh, can spark your creativity, can spark you in a different direction. Um, you know, whether it's, you know, doing a float session in a, you know, a Epsom salts tank or going to get a massage or a chiropractic appointment or whatever, where they're adjusting things. Um, you know, trying a new restaurant, there's all, so many different things that you can do that can really break the routine and spark uh, creativity and curiosity. Uh, Mary said, yesterday I meditated in the middle of a very busy morning, counterintuitive. It mostly is counter counterintuitive, right? Uh, the pattern interrupts, which is why I think they're so effective. Anne says, oh, I love Curse of Oak Island. I remember when Reader's Digest printed the story of Oak Island and I read it back in the day. I constantly thought of what if over the years. So I was glad to see what is happening there. Yeah, it, it definitely pushes a lot of my happy buttons uh, for sure because it involves history. It involves treasure and discovery. Um, it's just cool. Uh, Leslie says, I need to try pattern interrupts. My life is so routine. Yeah, and they don't have to like take hours, Leslie, and it doesn't even have to cost you money. Um, it's just doing something different. Some of it, you could say a different way of looking at it is uh, rewarding yourself. You know, taking time for me. You know, I mean, wouldn't it be cool? It, I, I don't, you know, what you do work-wise or anything, Leslie, but wouldn't it be cool to, um, set aside some cash, you know, hundred bucks or whatever, and then just schedule a time, a couple hours where you go to a spa and get pampered on or go get your hair done or, you know, whatever the case may be, go check out that boutique that you've always wanted to go into, but never have, you know, um, those kinds of things can work great. It just gives us an opportunity to unplug briefly to try something new, uh, and to get fresh data, you know, cause we're constantly seeing, of course, hearing new things, smelling new things, whatever. So you're getting fresh data. That's not part of the routine. Uh, Tim says, I like to go out during lunchtime and walk my dog. It helps me clear my head. Sometimes I'll listen to a podcast or just say silence, stay silent. I get a lot of ideas this way. Yeah, I can see how that could work well for you, for sure. Um, and Mary says, oh my God, for sure. Focus on anything brings it up everywhere in my world. When I choose a different path, I get to test the new lens and refocus or some event 
forces me to interrupt the routine, the way I handle things. Yeah, I think it's a great lifestyle. It, it can seem extremely challenging um, for those who don't like change. Um, but hate to break it to you, but you're changing every day. Your, your cells are constantly in motion. The atoms that make up your cells are constantly in motion. Um, you're changing. So just accept change as a natural part of life and get on with it, you know. Um, and Mark says, and I'm not surprised at this, I do almost everything to pattern interrupt. Drive to the shop different ways, leave at different times, lunch at different times, explore random places when I see them, not later. Uh, watch shows and movies based on gut feelings. If anything, I probably need to add some routine to break the pattern interrupts. <laughs> That's funny. Funny way of saying it. William says, comment, so you're frying your computer wasn't the result of static electricity. After all, it was an unconscious failure of you to control your streetlight impacting energy level. Probably, actually, I never really thought about it like that. Um, it also could have been um, a deep-seated excuse uh, or lashback of giving up my routine, you know, like fear. And it manifested its way. Oh, well, I sabotaged my computer. So I guess I shouldn't have done this after all. You know, that kind of thing, which I never really thought about it like that before, but I could see where that could come into play for sure. And says, maybe the universe is telling you to move sooner on your dream as it is setting you up for success. Um, maybe. Um, but I would also, along with that, like to see the universe provide the $50 million that I need to do that. So, <laughs> so there's that part of it too. Um, our plans, and that's just like the science center, like the park, 10 times that much money we need. But, um, so that's why we're just kind of taking the steps that we need to take at the time. And when the money shows up, it shows up, you know? Not, we're, not that we're necessarily trying to make it all ourselves, although how fun would that be? Um, or win a lottery. I mean, that could be fun too. Maybe get angel investors. I don't know. Uh, probably at some point. But until then, we're just kind of taking everything in stride. Um, and Lori essentially said the same thing. Uh, so my answer will pretty much be the same. Uh, based on what we're envisioning for our dino park and the science center, we probably need around $350 million to $500 million because uh, we're not going to screw around with this thing. If I'm going to build a park, it's going to be a game changer. And game changer type things like that don't come cheaply, you know. Uh, <laughs> So I'm not content with, you know, investing a couple hundred grand in something and, and call it a day. Um, that's just not how I roll. I'd rather not do anything, honestly. But um, there is definitely, it, it's really encouraging, though, to see how as we do focus on things, uh, maybe we just need to figure out a new way to set our sights on in, uh, income coming in that's different than what we're currently doing. I mean, right now our 
our income is X, you know, uh, and we need it to be Z, um, which means that it's going to require a different type of thinking to get Z than what we're currently using to get X. So um, I'm sure that that's part of the challenge for us, part of our own personal growth is to how to grow to where we have Z mindset versus the current X mindset. And that'll require change and certainly interrupts. Uh, Gary brings up a good point. He says, my problem is that I stay interrupted. Um, I'm driven to start things just hard to follow through. Um, some things uh, reinvigorate, most don't. Um, that's not uh, an uncommon uh, experience. One thing that um, I don't know if you've ever uh, written, uh, written, Pennsylvania's coming out of me. Um, if you've ever read anything about human design, uh, Gary, but um, if you haven't, it might be worth you taking a look at because um, it explains why we do certain things or don't do certain things and how to adjust our lives to embrace who we are as a person. They define different uh, personality types, if you will, as um, uh, projectors and um, generators, uh, reflectors, which is what I am. I'm a reflector. Apparently, we're a rare breed, less than 1% of the population. Um, but there's generators, manifesting generators, and so on. And within the context of how they describe it, explains why certain people are really good at starting problem or starting things and it, but not good at following through. Kristen is like that. Um, not that she doesn't complete stuff. Obviously she does, but, um, she loves connecting with people who are in startup phase, you know, who are just getting started to help bring them through to completion. And, uh, that's why she's been rebranding the startup ninja. Um, and so it helps you identify why you are the way you are and then the changes that you can make in your life to not shy away from who you are, but to embrace it and still be productive. You know, I mean, sometimes we refer to it as shiny object syndrome. And of course, um, you know, I'm as guilty as an ex person for that. Um, I'm, and I'm, I certainly can't talk about, um, starting things and not finishing them because I certainly have my own fair share of those. Um, but I also get a lot of shit done, you know, cause I figured out how I figured out how to force myself to be productive and force myself to be successful, uh, within that. So might be something worth investigating for you. Uh, Mark says living in and being aware of the moment gives the universe a maximum amount of chances to give you the clues to the coolest available path. Yeah, I 100% agree. And I used to not live life that way at all. Uh, like pre-2012, I didn't even know what living in the moment meant. Um, and then I did a daily photo series called Skies 365, where I took a picture of the sky every day of 2012. And uh, I did it with the intention of uh, learning how to live in the moment because you got to kind of pay attention to the sky if you're photographing it, especially days of bad weather and stuff. 
and you had to go find the picture. You know, I didn't want to just take a snapshot. I wanted to get cool looking photos. And so 2012 was basically a year of interrupts for me, but it reset me in some really cool ways that I'm still reaping the benefits of um, by doing that. Uh, Mavis says a great pattern interrupt. Pay attention to things like leaves, flowers, grasses, bugs, birds, etc. Also, noticing body language by watching kids at play, um, kids of any age, from toddlers to adults playing soccer. I agree. That's great ideas. Uh, Lori, uh, I agree 100%. She says maybe the universe needs you to be at a certain point to send you the money. Yeah. Um, that fits in perfectly with my philosophy. And my philosophy is that the park, the science center, the, the other stores that we feel we want to open, the money to do all of those, they all already exist in full. Our job is to discern the clues and to keep walking in the right direction. And uh, so it's not like we get to a certain point and it's like, now we have to figure out how to come up with this money. The money already exists. We live in abundance. You know, we're surrounded by abundance all the time. The fact that it isn't here yet either means that we're not ready for it yet. There's a lesson we need to learn. Like you said, we need to be at a certain point. Um, so I'm not stressed about it. When, it. when I need it, it'll be there. And there's we've learned over the last year, opening the first two stores, that um, challenging doesn't mean failure. You know, uh, just because something is challenging doesn't mean you made the wrong choice. It just means that it's helping you grow. And we've grown a lot over the last year, trust me. Um, but you know what? Here we are. Everything is paid. We're at the end of the year. Um, everything is paid. Everything is in really good shape. The stores aren't. Um, making as much as we would like them to be, but they will, they'll get there. Uh, and we're finding great people and, uh, it's been a hell of a ride, uh, so far. I can't imagine how much more it's going to increase as we add new stores and all of that. Yeah, true. Anne said, uh, remember that Disney's Mary Poppins movie gave Walt, uh, Walt the money to fund Disney world in Florida. Yeah, remember, um, I remember reading about that. There's a number of uh, really cool things that Walt Disney did. Um, he had a very strong uh, work ethic, very strong belief system. And, uh, you know, he often referred to his bankers as the ones who are like on the verge of nervous breakdown because he'd be millions of dollars in debt to those guys and no, seemingly no possible way of paying them. And then all of a sudden, you know, a new movie would come out or whatever, and it would just be a box office smash hit. And, you know, next thing you know, you know, he goes from like on the verge of losing everything to being flush with cash. Uh, but it never wavered his belief in the vision. And that's really an important uh, part of it all. And uh, one of the things that's really interesting, uh, I noticed in my Facebook timeline, uh, over the past few days, uh, two years ago is whenever we officially launched our play space, um, that's here on our property. And we had a lot of our close friends, 
uh, come out and spend uh, the weekend with us. Um, Felicia Slattery and Bob and Therese Sparkins, I guess, are going by now, Jenkins. And um, Lee and Natalie Collins and um, Luana was here, who is uh, one of our VAs. And uh, our good artist friend, Kara, was here. And um, it was through, we were doing a roundtable discussion. And it was through that time um, where a lot of our current vision became clear. And it just came from a simple sentence that somebody said because they felt prompted to do so. And um, it was Natalie, Kristen's best friend. And she said, she looked over at me. I had shared about my vision and some of the things that I really wanted to move toward and all of that. And she looked over at me and she said, you're kind of like the Disney of dinosaurs. And it was like a light bomb blew up inside me. And she just told me a couple of weeks ago, um, we were talking, she wanted to talk with me and she said, you know, I've never had that experience happen before. I've not had it happen since, but whenever that prompting came to me to say that to you, like I had to tell you in that moment, she's like, there's no way I couldn't have got around it. She's like, it was definitely divinely inspired. And, uh, she's like, whenever I spoke it, I just felt like this is explosion inside. And she's like, and I know you felt that as well. And, um, and it was that statement that she made and that brought incredible focus to what we were planning and wanting to do. And of course, since that time, um, two years ago, December 5th or 3rd or whatever we are, 4th, um, since that time, both of our toy stores have come into being, you know, and it was from that energetic divine seed that was revealed uh, in that roundtable discussion. So it's really important to not dismiss anything, to really pay attention, and then to run like there's no tomorrow once you catch sight of that vision. And uh, you'll be amazed at what happens. Uh, we're still, we're still uh, jury kind of out on the location for the park. Gary, that's one of the things that we've been pretty actively paying attention to. Uh, we were just talking about that over the weekend, actually. Um, I want to keep it in Pennsylvania just because Florida is predictable. Um, but there are a number of um, feasibility studies and stuff like that that we have to run. Um, just to, because it's a bit of a numbers game. Uh, whenever you do the feasibility studies to see how many actual people live in an area, what the average income is, number of children, number of adults, like um, traffic flow uh, over a period of time. Is there a local airport? I mean, all of that kind of stuff factors into location. Um, and so we're just kind of in the starting thinking of that process. But it's not just going to say, oh, I got this land and I'm going to put a, a thing here. No, there's environmental impact studies. I mean, there's all kinds of crazy things like that, that you have to think about, um, that, you know, that we are thinking about. So not quite sure where it's going to end up. Um, I'd love for it to be really local like Chambersburg, but 
it makes zero sense for us to do that. Um, even though there's land, it just makes zero sense. I'm too far from an airport. So, uh, so we'll see. Um, Mavis says your reminder about doing pattern interrupts, leading to change of view, leading to new ideas, leading to, well, almost anything. Very timely for me. I'd forgotten those things. So thank you. You're very welcome. Um, I agree, William. Uh, he says we also need to remember that we need patterns in order to survive. If we are hundred percent mindful all the time, we would self-destruct or not be enough energy to support us. Using pattern interrupts as a way to reset us is a great concept. Yeah, I mean, there is routine. I mean, like eating regularly and, you know, uh, lots of different things like that. We do need to follow certain things. Uh, my point is more not getting stuck in the routine. Um, Tony says, looking at what's making big money fast now, like films did in Disney's days, what are you thinking would make your dinosaur steak money fast? Bitcoin? Probably not Bitcoin. Um, but my short answer is I don't know. And I don't want to limit it. Um, my challenge in all of that is to be awake enough and aware enough that whenever the opportunity presents itself, I can discern it as the correct path and jump on it. Like that's my responsibility. So I don't have to figure it out. And I know from personal experience, Tony trying to figure stuff out means it's going to get screwed up most of the time. Um, I much more prefer just kind of trusting that synchronicities will happen, that serendipity will happen and that the right people with the right ideas show up at the right time. That's where my trust is. Otherwise I could get it wrong and I would prefer not to do that. Uh, just says on the park idea, Philadelphia might be considered because people come there for history and dinosaurs are certainly history. Yeah. Um, for sure. We're looking at a lot of different options right now uh, because to get started, it really is the numbers game. I mean, you have to start there. And then, of course, there's costs and, you know, obviously there's lots of costs for buying land and, and you know, those types of things. But we're going to figure it out. Uh, Mary says, whoa, nice truth that all is already available to bring any reality into existence. Dino Matrix Jurassic Park coming. Regarding the vision, execution process, finishing projects along the way, what suggestions could you offer to one who finds it difficult to do what's right in front of me? Uh, Self-discipline, getting out of the stuck. So um, it's important to recognize, first of all, that we are stuck. Um, but the bigger question that I would present, because I can relate, 
um, is what are you getting out of delay? Because if you're delaying, there's something that you're getting out of it. Okay. Now, in some cases, it may be, well, I don't have time. And that could be legitimate, you know. Um, but if you have time and you know that there's things you need to do and you just keep doing them. One of the things, uh, I got a wake-up call years ago from one of my mentors that really started shifting my thinking about all this. Is um, there were a number of things that I needed to get done. Um, related to a publishing company that I had back then. And I put them off, put them off, put them off. And, uh, my friend asked, well, uh, so what's going on with all of this? And I'm like, well, you know, I have to get all this stuff done and it's going to take forever and blah, blah, blah. And I just haven't had time, you know, all the classic excuses. And he said, well, I can understand that. That makes a lot of sense. He's like, how much time do you think you'll need to get it all done? And it was a setup and I didn't even realize it. Like he was setting me up and I didn't realize it. And I'm like, Oh, I don't know. I never actually sat down and thought about it, but let's see. Um, you know, I kind of figured out, well, this is going to take me X amount of time and it's going to take me about this much time. And, uh, so the further I got into calculating the math, I realized I had started getting this sinking feeling in my stomach. Like, you are getting set up because what I discovered was this thing that I put off for months and months, literally with focused effort, I could have completed in under five hours. That's one day under five hours. It could have been done. And so of course he went in for the kill and uh, <laughs> he's like, I think it's four and a half hours is what I said. And he's like, wow, four and a half whole hours to finish this thing. That's been hanging over your head for months. How are you ever going to manage? And I'm like, shut up, you know, <laughs> but it just like brought the bullshit to light. Uh, ultimately I was just selling myself on this thing of, you know, I just didn't want to do it is ultimately what it came down to. I didn't want to do it. And so we have to be real about it, you know, um, because sometimes one of the excuses like that, that I get hit with, uh, where I delay is that if I complete X project, now I'm responsible for it. What if it fails? You know, what if I put all that time and effort into it and I put it out there and it fails? I don't want to be a failure. So the best way to avoid failure is to not finish it. Then I don't have to deal with it. Then I can look like a hero by using the excuse. Well, I haven't had time, but I really want to get it done. It's bullshit. It's all bullshit. You know, so it's really important to be real with yourself and to be honest with yourself about some of this stuff. And I'd love to say that I figured it out hundred percent. I haven't. I have a 3D printer that I bought six months ago. It's still sitting out there mostly incomplete. And it's only as complete as it is being put together because I paid one of my employees to do it. You know? So why haven't I finished it? 
because I've been busy, right? Uh, famous last words. So what I would encourage you is to, um, self-discipline is certainly a part of it, but the bigger question is why are you really not doing it? You know, and what are you getting out of it? In my case, I was just using the example that I was giving, uh, what I was getting out of it was that I didn't have to feel like a failure. Not even that I had a guarantee that it would fail. I was making it up. So my excuse, not wanting to feel like a failure potentially is all based on fantasy. It's not even reality, but these are the kind of subtle mind games that we play with ourselves, you know? So the best way to get out of it is to just do it. You know, just do it. Uh, very cool. Mark says, when we went to Texas last month, I took the grandkids to a museum with animatronic dinos on a nature path. Totally cool. Uh, Herd Museum. Dinosaurs Live. Very cool. We're going to have to wrap things up because my voice is starting to get scratchy here. You guys have really put out so many great comments and questions. Uh, and we've actually looked at Hagerstown because you're right. Um, it's a great location and it's only 20 miles from us. 25 maybe. Um, and Hershey as well. Hershey's closer to an hour. Um, but with the park there, it could make sense. Uh, for sure. Yeah, William says, and I'll wrap things up with this. William says, uh, we always find the time to do what we see as a priority or what we want to do. Mind games for sure. Yep, absolutely. Awesome. Uh, Kathleen says, thank you for making us think again. <laughs> Wishing you perfect health now. Thank you very much. I'm sure it'll be 100% by the time we get to next Tuesday, whatever we're going to talk about then. So until then, I hope you all enjoy your uh, week. Um, busy month with the holidays and everything, but um, definitely make it a point to just take it all in, live in the moment, and enjoy it. So... I'll see you again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Eastern.